0: Sports Radio, 92.5. It's 6 in the morning with Brett Kane. Here's Brett.
1: McCarr. McCarr holds in the corner and now along the oh. half. It's all beautiful wheel around move. McCar oh. shoots
0: and scores! Colorado wins it
1: in overtime. What a pirouette goal scored by the young
0: defenseman, Cal Macar. So, obviously, that was ESPN on the call there. And we're going to play Connors, too. The reason why I love that one, though, is uh, who was doing the color? Was it Kevin Weeks? I think was his name. He, uh, the thing I love about sometimes what happens in sports, is the play by play guy or color commentator? They don't have to say words, sounds can do it justice.
1: Corner and now along the oh. half, It's all beautiful, wheel around
0: move. But oh. and Those two sounds told the entire story. Um, I the game overall is kind of hard to decipher because you had such a dominant first 20 minutes. That first period, you crushed. And it was like, this game is going to be an absolute blowout. The second period was terrible. The third period, up until you gave up the lead, when you you got a one-goal deficit, you're down 3-2, to two, that's when they decided to turn the corner. Because remember, at the end of the second, they take the, the uh, penalty. So there's about 40 seconds that tick off on a power play. You start the third period by taking another penalty, You have a five-on-three that leads to a tie game. Then the lead is given up. And then they just flip a switch. And it's like, okay, time to go. They get the equalizer on that seeing eye. I mean, I don't even know how EJ got that in there. I mean, his second goal of the game, EJ just throws one at the net and it finds, uh, I think it hit the post and, and bounced in. But in that overtime, like, I, were you guys like me, it got to overtime, three-on-three three hockey, and you're like, all right, well, they'll probably lose. Eh, at least you got a point out of it. Like, I don't know how else to look at the overtimes now at the Avs other than just expecting that you're going to lose them. It's been that way for like three years. It makes no sense. You're you too have,
1: scarred from previous seasons.
0: Yeah, and it's just it doesn't compute. I'm doing a math equation where I'm like, I think the answer should be this, and I'm not getting that. When they, uh, when I have the show your work part of my math homework, I'm like, I don't know how to show that McKinnon, McCarr, Rantanen, Landeskog, Kadri, Taves doesn't equal W in three-on-three hockey. And you got it yesterday, in large part because of two things. Like, that game could have been like seven to three as a final score, but you lost because you... Well, didn't lose, but you didn't get that because you hit the post about four different times last night. But what you did get was two things in overtime that really helped. First of all, you got a good post because Jonathan Taves makes a great move and almost backhands one right over the leg of Kemper. But Devon Taves also, what looked to be a breakaway opportunity, busts his ass and knocks that away. That was a couple of minutes before McCarr made his play. But for McCarr to hit the brakes, like, and I don't know what the equivalent of an ankle breaker is in hockey, but that's about as close as you're going to get. I don't know if you've seen the still shot, Marty, of McCarr is going along the boards and it's right. Right before he hits the brakes and turns around. The dude for Chicago is like standing almost straight up. He's he's like resigned to the fact that McCar's just gonna wind this around and pass it to somebody. And then the second that he hits the brakes, goes back to the net, there was no chance. One backhand, top shelf, game over. I haven't seen anything quite like it before. What are you smiling at already? What
1: happened? I just I paused it, and I think Kirby Dock is the defender. And yeah, Kirby Doc. As soon as McCart turns around, he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> yes. His stick's on the other side. is in amazing? no man's land. Yeah. Like
0: he's, he's almost, it's like he's going for a nice little, uh, whatever that, that little ice rink that they have on, uh, is it 16th Street? It looks like him and Makar just going for a nice little skate around there. And then McCar just leaves him in the dust. Here's the question. Well, this wasn't a question. This was a statement that I had last night, at least on Twitter. I don't mean this is disrespect to McKinnon because it's not disrespect to him. It's ultimate respect to Kale McCarr. He's the most valuable player on this team right now. You know, he's one of those freaks. Remember when we got caught up in the bull bull hype? The reason for it is because he's seven foot two. And he can knock down threes at a pretty high clip. Like, they're unicorns. They're seven-footers who can shoot the way that those guys shoot, handle the basketball, that sort of stuff. Now, the bull bull stuff was in jest. This is real. You have a unicorn as a defenseman. Like, you watch him offensively, Marty. You're like, that guy, why is he playing defense? Then you also watch him play defense. You go, oh, that's why. Okay, I get it. But for you to have somebody that has this ability to score... To create space for himself. And if he gets near the net, it gets buried. I don't think there's a more valuable player on this team right now. And think about the statement I just made when you have Nathan McKinnon on this roster. And once again, we're talking about another game in which, look. I know that you gave up three. At the end of the day. But if you give up two goals, you're winning every single game this year. That's how it feels. You think anybody like if you can do that to Flurry. And Flurry's had your number. But if you can do that to him uh, on multiple occasions. I don't know if there's anybody in the league that's going to stop this offense. And look, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself. I remember saying all of last year when the playoffs hit, there's no way this team loses three games in a row or four games in a row. And then I get punched in the face with reality. All I'm saying is this, at least offensively, I don't see any way that this team gets held under like two goals consistently. There's going to be no dry spell on offense when you have this much talent. Every single night. And staying healthy is going to be a key. Uh, Logan O'Connor lost a couple of teeth last night. That looked painful. Like, he's sitting there on the bench. He's got one tooth that's just chipped in half. I'm pretty sure that wasn't there to start the game, right? That chipped tooth. And his other one looks like it's about to fall out of his face. And he's, like, wiggling it. Like, my niece is doing right now. My niece is just losing her teeth. She just started doing that. And she spent all day when I was back there at Christmas. Wiggling her teeth. That was Logan O'Connor. Staying healthy, obviously, is going to be key here, but I I don't even know how to describe what McCarr did. Can I hear McGahee's now? So we heard Weeks. One more, actually, one more time for Kevin Weeks. Can I just hear that guy call the play with sounds? Drops one off to McCarr.
1: McCarr holds in the corner, and now, along the half, it's Oh
0: beautiful wheel-around move. shoots
2: And scores!
0: That's an O-face while calling a game. That's what just happened. Now, speaking of, can I hear McGahey, please? Behind the net, Kael McCarr with it. Looking for a pass. Keeps it himself. What a move, McCarr. Down low, Kael McCarr. He scores! Oh! OH MY GOODNESS GRACIOUS ME! Kale McCarr goes intergalactic
1: and he goes upstairs on Marc-Andre Fleury and you don't have to go home but you
2: can't stay here because this party is over!
0: I expected nothing less than the squeaked voice of Conor McGahee on that call. (laughs) 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 And you know, like... When moments like that happen, Marty, you know the first place my mind goes for games that are on ESPN Plus is how much does Mosher hate that he couldn't call that? How much does he hate
1: it? I'm thinking about what is he doing at home when M- McCarr That's does that? That's also
0: a good point, yes.
1: His neighbors are probably calling the cops. Yeah, I don't know. There's some <laughs> weird noises going on. We just had door. these
0: guys move into this house like a month ago, and this man... I think murdered somebody in that house. We need the authorities here immediately. Unbelievable. So the Avs win again. And uh, this stretch that they're on, you just look at their schedule. So you see a whole bunch of postponed mixed in the middle of this. But it's just W after W after W. And right now in the standings, they're only four back of Nashville. Despite the fact that they've played five less games than Nashville has. So four points back, five games Nashville has on you. That should get made up in a hurry. Um, So they're going to be back at it tomorrow as they take on Winnipeg at Ball Arena. Uh, Nuggets back at it tonight. A lot to get to this morning. We got 10 more Moji categories we're going to get to in the 7 o'clock hour. So stick around. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Brett Kane.
1: Watching Sports Center this morning, you would have seen
0: that the number one play of the night last night was that goal from Kale McCarr that sealed it for the Avs, got them the W in overtime. Um, as that's probably going to be on the highlight reel for best play of the season, I would guess. I mean, it was that level good.
1: We'll Can talk. We make m- it a game winner too, if it was just like the third goal of the game. Sure. I don't know, but game winner too. Come on,
0: game winner OT leave somebody in the dust, go top shelf right over flurry. Pretty damn um, cool! It is pretty damn cool. <laughs> Whenever you play that, that's one of the funniest things that's ever happened, right? Is Steve Ballmer freaking out at some, it was Microsoft, right, Where that he was at? I thought that was when he signed um, Kawhi. Oh, that's right, that's right. The other one I was thinking of was him at the, the Microsoft event when he's on stage going, I love this company! Pretty cool! But Pretty you're right. Pretty damn cool! Pretty damn cool was Kawhi and Paul George. You're right. Um, anyway. That one's going to be on the highlight reels for the rest of the year. Now, there was something else that... I saw this and it was different when I heard it. Okay? When... You have been bestowed in honor, and I, I would consider this in honor. Now it's something I would never want. I don't know. Winning care emoji. About it. Winning emoji, uh emoji is, yes, an honor. But if you get an MVP vote or a Hall of Fame vote or something like that, it is an honor. It's it's a it's a sort of acknowledgement that you've done enough good for the sport that you cover, that we are giving you this responsibility. And the thing that I hate, and this has been, I feel like this has become more and more of a problem. Like, I know technically speaking, I'm a media member, but the reason I don't like to say that, and I don't consider myself that, I'm not a journalist, I'm nothing like that, is because there's, there's something that happens When somebody gets in that position. And I feel like people who cover sports, to some extent, feel as if they're gatekeepers of morality. That they know what's right and wrong, and they can use that within these award systems. That takes us to a man named, is it Hub Arkush? Is that his name? It's my best guess. So he is one of the, I believe it's 50 NFL MVP voters, and he went on 670 the score in Chicago and discussed the topic of he's not voting for Aaron Rodgers. And look, if you don't want to vote for Aaron Rodgers, if you want to vote for, I don't know, Marty, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, Tom Brady, I think all of those guys have valid arguments. Like, Cooper Cup put up one of the best seasons in NFL history for a wide receiver. If he can't win this award, I don't know if anybody can. I said the same thing about Derrick Henry last year. Derrick Henry Henry ran for 2,000 yards. That's almost been automatic in the past for you to get an MVP. And I said, if he isn't going to win that, I don't think anybody outside of a quarterback's ever going to win this award. He gave the reason for not voting for Aaron Rodgers. But here's the problem. It didn't have anything to do with, I don't think he's good enough. It was this. And are you,
1: did you reveal that you're not voting for Aaron Rodgers? Is that correct?
2: I did. Yeah. I mean, I've been pretty consistent about that all year. Um, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. Stop. Is, he been pause. The most- he's the biggest jerk in the
0: league is your response to that. Like, literally, why is he not the MVP? I don't like him. How is that a valid response from somebody who's given... It's not the greatest humanitarian award. This isn't the Tom Hanks Award for being the most liked player in the NFL. This is about who is the most valuable. And the issue I've always had with valuable, like most valuable player, is you can take that word in eight different directions if you want to. Does that mean best stats? Or does that mean most valuable to your team? Like, the way I think about it, Marty, is it's partly the numbers, because you gotta have the numbers, but it's also, if I take you off the field, what does your team look like? Like, if I remove you from the situation, how much value is dropped? And I thought for a guy like Derrick Henry, who is the offense in Tennessee, that would be a pretty good argument to be made for him now this year he's been out of the lineup and they've continued to win games somehow but I remember when Aaron Rodgers was out one week you remember this and Jordan Love came in and they put up seven points don't think the Packers have had that problem any week that Aaron Rodgers was playing they put up seven points and they lost which means Aaron Rodgers is 13 and two this year And we gave you the numbers over the last two years against his own division. His touchdown to interception ratio. (laughs) Two years against his own division is 36 touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's a jerk, though. I don't like him. Like, let this guy. I just feel like this was two minutes of this dude. Digging and digging and digging a deeper hole. Continue.
2: Has he been the most valuable on the field? Yeah, you could make that argument. Okay, I don't stop think right he there. Is.
0: Interesting. That seems to be your job right now is to assess who's the most valuable on the field. Off the field means nothing. Zero. You could make that argument? You could. Is he the best player in the NFL?
1: You could make that argument. I haven't but again, really thought about it, but I guess he throws some touchdowns
0: now, if that I, matters to you let's just take this through his lens here Marty that what he's done you know actually continue because he'll get to this go ahead
2: the most valuable on the field yeah you could make that argument but I don't think he is clearly that much more valuable than than Jonathan Taylor or uh or Cooper Cup or or maybe even Tom Brady and and so from where I sit the rest of it is why he's not going to be my choice do I think he's going to win it Probably. You know, a lot of the voters don't don't approach it the same way that I do. Others do who I've spoken to. Um, but one of the, the ways we get to keep being voters is we're not allowed to say who we are voting for until after the award has been announced. I'm probably pushing the envelope by saying who I'm not voting for, um, but we're, we're not really supposed to reveal our votes.
1: Are they supposed to are off field things like vaccination status supposed to factor in or are there no guidelines for that?
2: There's no guidelines. Uh, you know, we are told to pick the guy who we think is the most valuable to his team. And and um the, you know, I, I don't think it says anywhere, you know, strictly on the field. Uh, although I do think you heard his team on All the right, field. Stop uh, again. What
0: did you just say? Like, there's no guidelines. No, 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 there's no rules. I get to do whatever I want with this award. Why did you vote uh, Justin Tucker as the MVP this year? Well, there's no guidelines, and I just think that, you know, he's the best kicker in the league, and he's way better kicker than anybody else. He told me I had nice shoes once. And you know when you go to the press conference and he tells a joke and he's kind of nerdy about it? I like that. So he's going to be my MVP. What are you talking about? Again, there's this inflated self-importance, and... It's been a constant. There's always some guy, whether it's this, the Hall of Fame voters, you know, at least with the MLB Hall of Fame, Marty, when they don't vote in a guy like Bonds, as stupid as that is, what's their argument? Is that steroids changed what happened on the field. At least it's grounded in that. Something surrounding the actual sport, for you to say, I don't like him, is not a valid excuse. And you have now deemed yourself, I am the appointee of who's a good person and who's not. Who the hell gave you that right? Marty, you know this about me. Who is my most hated player in the NFL? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I think he's arrogant and he smashes my team. Like, I I have a bias because he kills my team every time he plays him. Guess what? He's the best player in the league. There's no questions about this if you think what he did in the offseason, as much as I hated it, too, I was over it. I was like, okay, enough of the will I won't I game. Make a decision. Point was made. You're mad. Everybody knows. If he thinks, Marty, that that affected the team in the offseason and he still went 13 and two this year in the 15 games that he started. How damn good is this guy then? That he can, in your mind, hurt the team in the offseason with what he's done and still have the best record in the NFL. That would be a bigger argument in his favor for being MVP. That I wasn't even performing to the peak of my abilities. And I'm 13-2. How much do we got left? Uh, Like 40 seconds. All right,
1: go
2: ahead. Um, you know, I, I don't think it says anywhere, you know, strictly on the field. Uh, although I do think he hurt his team on the field, uh, you know, by, by the way he acted off the field, uh, you know, I mean, they're going to get the number one seed anyway, but what if the difference had come down to, uh, to the chiefs game Yeah, you know, yeah, but it didn't, didn't,
0: and no, stop, know, stop. It's enough of this guy. It didn't though. What if? I don't know, Marty. What if uh, in the offseason when he was doing this? Uh, Devontae Adams decided to leave, and that would hurt. That would have hurt the team. Except it didn't. No, but could have. Like we're doing the could have, could have game. I'm telling you, these guys like make me sick with how I- I'm being serious. Make me sick with how important they think they are. Can you imagine if I got on this radio show and I said? Uh, yes, somebody's good, but I don't like them, or it was four hours of me beating you over the head with it, which people I think are good people or not, wouldn't you be like, shut up? I don't, I, that's not what I, I listen for. I don't listen to hear you say, well, I don't like this guy, and I think he's a jerk, and here's why.
1: I don't care if Drew Locke can't throw the football effectively. He's a really nice guy. He should be the quarterback.
0: You know what's funny? I've said that for three years about Locke. I like the dude. But I don't think he can play. And that's where my evaluation has to be. So 303-504-0925, you guys want in. A little bit over on time. Let's take a break. Back in three minutes. All right, again, a lot to get to today. We got uh, the head coach of the Avs, Jared Bednar, is going to join us in an hour and a half, 8 o'clock this morning, as he's going to be on Wednesdays now in 2022. Um, I wonder what the first question's going to be. Could it be about Kale McCarr? I think so. So tune in an hour and a half. We'll get to, to hear from the coach. Also have our second day, our final day of the Mojis, another 10 categories coming up. Marty, what are some of them that we got today?
1: We got best play-by-play call, Mosher and Vic versus the Internet. Oh, that's that's going to be good. Uh, okay. Worst family feud round, that'll of be course, good. Of course, yes. And uh, worst question to a guest, which is my personal favorite.
0: I, how many are on that? How we have many like
1: seven. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was going to say. I could have had, had like 12. <laughs> I mean, and you know what's funny is that it wasn't a question, but that clip yesterday, maybe my favorite clip, and I know the show got off the rails at the end. And again, Marty, I'm going to apologize on behalf of Mosher for what he said. Uh, If you're wondering if you missed the show yesterday, I don't think I can repeat what he said, but you can go back and listen on the podcast. It was literally with about three minutes left in the show. Um, But I apologize on behalf of Mosher what he said. But the funniest thing that I think we heard yesterday in the Mojis was Vic talking about the birthing process of his two kids. And he's saying, I'm in the room, and my wife's yelling at me to get out. And this goes on for minutes. And Moe, because I guess I was gone this day. Moe says, we'll get back to that in a little bit. Let's talk to the head coach of the Rapids, Robin Fraser.
1: Who has been waiting on the line listening to this.
0: <laughs> what did, he, did
1: Fraser acknowledge that at all? No, because they had just got the number one seed. So he was anxious to talk Oh, my to God, it was that. that day?
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. So he's waiting to talk about his team that just clinched the number one seat. And Vic's like, let me tell you about my second kid now and how that birthing process went. Um, So we got 10 more of those today. Now, Shelby Harris was on Crackpin' Lindahl yesterday. And I want to hear his response to this. Just the disappointment or what it feels like to fall short of the playoffs again this year. Here's Shelby Harris on Crackpin' Lindahl yesterday.
3: You know... When we started this season, we just had such a different outlook for the season. You know, the thing that sucks is, like, this is one of my years in the league. This is my eighth year in the league. This is how this is how it's going to be remembered. And we really had a chance to do something, you know, really special. But, you know, it's going to be a good learning experience for all the young guys and and, and how we can be better. But it's, it's very disappointing because if you put so much into this stuff, and to not get the results that you, that you want. But the problem has been five years of this, but, you know, this year with our roster, though, I was just really, you know, I feel like everybody was, you know, very optimistic. So, you know, obviously we're, a lot of us are very, very disappointed in the way the season went, but you know, the thing is like, it doesn't, stop, like, the season's still not over. We still got to go finish this last game out, go out there ball.
0: So that's Shelby yesterday. Um, I also saw this quote. I don't know if there's audio of this anywhere, Marty, and maybe we can try and find it a little bit later in the show. Melvin Gordon was kind of asked the same thing, what he thought about, you know, the Broncos being 7-9 and nine right now, eliminated from the playoffs again, and his thoughts on it. And Melvin Gordon said, After the Raiders game, I was so mad just because I was thinking about from the D-line, from the secondary, from our receivers, tight ends, the linemen we have, young but yet a lot of moxie running backs, I mean, even the ones, the twos, the threes, even the guys that don't get as much love, the linebackers. It was so frustrating because it's such a well-built team. It's a Super Bowl team. That's what Melvin Gordon said. And I've been not saying that. I didn't think that this team was a Super Bowl team. But with the right guy under center, Who knows? Could be. And this isn't some, like, homeristic review of this roster and this team just because we live in Denver. I was driving in today, Marty, the show that precedes us. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox. Brady Quinn said, because they were talking about Harbaugh, and we'll get to that in a second, about Harbaugh... um, now there's rumors coming out that Harbaugh's thinking about going back to the NFL. And they're saying, if you were Harbaugh, which job would you want? They're going through a few teams. And what did Brady Quinn say? Dude, I think the Broncos are a quarterback away. Now, he didn't say this like Harbaugh should go to the Broncos. This was about, would you take the Raiders job? And they started talking about the division, how tough it is. And Brady Quinn said, I think the, uh, the, the Broncos are a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl team. We heard Boomer Assisen say it earlier this year, the first game against the Chargers. If the Broncos had Justin Herbert, I think this is a Super Bowl team. So, like, all of that, I've thought this all along. Here's the problem, though. When Fangio says close and he says, uh, hey, we're close, we're on the cusp, he uses all those different sort of synonyms for one another. What does it actually mean? He's talking about the same thing I'm talking about. But this is why I... I can't get to the word like, this is easy. It's not going to be easy. Because the things that you're missing are probably the most difficult things to find. Quarterback and a good play caller. Those aren't easy. So as close as it feels at, as, at the moment right now, what we're talking about is, hey, man, If I just had a million dollars, my life would be great. I'm this close to having a great life. It's like, okay, well, how are you going to get the million? It's not impossible. Plenty of people have done it, but how are you going to get there? And that's kind of what you're facing. Like, you're a dude with a good, stable job. You got a nice, I don't know, I I was going to say, like, Roth IRA. I don't know what that means. It sounds good. A 401k, whatever you guys do. In the Kane household, we call that wife duties, whatever those are. But you're a guy, good job, stable. You feel like you're going to work your way up in the company. But it's just a matter of, I feel like I'm close to having this life that I want. This life of, you know, a million bucks a year. Life of luxury. But it's still, you're making a hundred grand. You know what I mean? You're still a ways away. How do you get from a hundred grand to a million bucks? And that's where the Broncos are. They don't suck. They don't need a total tear down, rebuild, redo the roster. This isn't one of those gigs. But the point is, you can have all of the other things that we just discussed. Top five defense in the NFL. Nice pieces offensively. A good couple of running backs. Decent trio of receivers. Decent offensive line. And none of it's going to matter if you can't get that one dude that puts you over the top. Like I look at Cleveland. What was Cleveland's biggest problem this year? Remember Super Bowl contending Cleveland Browns back in August? Baker Mayfield threw 17 touchdowns in 16 games. That's the problem. The Broncos had 20 in 16 games. It seems pretty obvious to me. And so when people waste their breath, like, guys, we have a short amount of time on this earth. Do you really want to spend it saying, Maybe Drew Locke can come back next year. Is that the life you want to live? I don't want to live that life. Do you really want to spend your precious time on earth? Having a discussion, Marty, about maybe Locke actually has some ability and it's been an offensive coordinator problem. Maybe Teddy wasn't the issue. It was Pat Shermer. Do we really want to waste time having that discussion? Or can we just go Occam's razor and the most obvious answer is probably the right one? That if you have multiple seasons in which your quarterback can't hit 20 touchdown passes in 16 games, that's an issue. Because here's the thing. Say what you want about Pat Shermer. You guys know my feelings towards him. I've had a beef with Pat Shermer for going on two years now. I don't think he's doing things properly. Here's the difference. Marty, if I take a uh, a above-average quarterback in this league and put him on the roster, if I put Derek Carr here, does he have more than 20 touchdown passes this season? Yes. Yes is the answer to that. Yes. Like, I'm seeing these articles come out now where – Uh, you know, the Rams make that big blockbuster trade before the year started. And the Broncos put out a feeler, remember, to the Lions with Matthew Stafford. They offered like one first-round pick, and the Lions said, nope, I want multiple first-round picks. He's going to L.A. But if I put Stafford on this roster, does he have more than 20 touchdown passes this year? Yes. Even with Pat Shermer? Yes, he does. So that doesn't absolve Pat Shermer of responsibility, When you have a quarterback who's average, your job as a play caller is to elevate that. He didn't elevate. He might have suppressed. I don't know. But the bottom line is, if the quarterback was better, no matter who it is on this roster, you'd have a different result. And instead, we've gotten more of the same. In fact, we haven't even gotten that. We've gotten worse. Worse. They scored less points in 16 games this year than they did last year with how bad that offense was. Your time is precious. Don't spend your wee moments on this earth arguing whether if Locke or Bridgewater comes back, it'll be different next year. Don't do that to yourself. Well, how
1: do you want to spend your time? You want to be wishing for Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers? I, I think would, that's I worse. Would,
0: I would much rather do that. Much rather do that. Are you kidding me? Because here's the thing. I would put the odds of you landing a Wilson or Rodgers at about 5%. You know what chances I would put at Teddy or Drew Locke throwing 30 touchdowns next year? Less than five. So, yes, I would much rather do that. Got a few minutes left here. Uh, going back to this, the story from, uh, oh, who was it? I missed it now. Bruce Feldman. As he said that Jim Harbaugh, after having this uh, really good year at Michigan, right? They make the college football playoff. Now they get stomped by Georgia. But what did Harbaugh do this year that he hasn't done? He won the Big Ten. He won his own division. And he beat Ohio State. Remember, before this year started, Marty, they had him take a pay cut. He was making X amount of money, and it was like a cut of like $4 bucks. Why? That was their message to him saying... If you don't beat Ohio State, we might end this. Harbaugh did that. And now here's my question. Do you believe that Harbaugh's actually thinking of going back to the NFL? Or is this Harbaugh looking across the street at Mel Tucker saying, that money now. I want that. You guys put me a little bit on the clamps, right? Right. Because I haven't been good enough. We all acknowledge this. Well, all of a sudden, I got good enough. Now, give me the money. Because if they don't, then I think it's real. But I think this is more of just him saying, if you guys don't pony up, at least Mel Tucker money, I'm out of here. Because the interesting thing about Harbaugh, he's been successful everywhere he's gone. Now, you can quibble about the level of success that he's had, Like at Michigan, they've, like, the worst they've done is go eight and four, which for Michigan standards isn't good enough. But he's mixed in 10 and twos. Now he's got a season in which he made the college football playoff. I still, I was trying to think back on this. Why did he get fired from San Francisco? Don't you remember how bad San Francisco was? And Alex Smith was a bust. And then he got there and immediately Alex Smith could play football. And then he takes Kaepernick to a Super Bowl. And then it's like a year after they make the Super Bowl, they're like, I'm done with you. Okay. Like, I know that he's probably difficult to work with and he wears out his welcome pretty fast. But this guy's like never lost. And so if he wanted to go to the NFL, he'd get a job. And you know, what's funny. Do you think that Shad Khan, let's say that this is real, Marty. Jim Harbaugh is going to the NFL. So he's going to have his choice. And I've, I've tried to put together which teams are going to be looking for coaches at the end of this year. So Jacksonville is obviously one. Probably Chicago, right? With Matt Nagy. Maybe the Giants with Joe Judge. Maybe the Broncos with Vic Fangio. Maybe Seattle with Pete Carroll. I don't know. Maybe Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. Maybe. Is there somebody a missing? Nobody got fired other than Urban Meyer, right? So well, the Texans, oh, oh, uh, maybe Cully. I think they said that Cully's coming back. Okay. But Vegas, obviously Vegas fired Gruden way early this year. Um, but I don't know if that Basaccia guy makes the playoffs. Do you just give him the job? Maybe. But here's my question. If he had his pick of the litter out of any of those teams that have openings, Do you know why I think that Jacksonville could be the best job? It's not just because of Trevor Lawrence. Marty, when you fire somebody 12 games into their first season, do you know what that next head coach gets immediately? About four years to do whatever the hell he wants. Because you know what you're not going to do? Fire some guy 12 games into a contract and then fire the next dude in the middle of year two. That does not exist. Like, if there is ever ultimate job security in the NFL, it's that Jacksonville job, whoever gets that one. Because that dude's going to be around for a while. Because what what are they going to do? As long as you don't grind on some chicks at bars when you're not supposed to. If you stay clean off the field, you really think the Jags are going to be paying Urban Meyer's contract, whoever the next guy, if, if he gets hired and fired within two years, his contract, and then somebody else, no chance. You're at least riding out the the life of whatever that Urban Meyer contract is, or at least to the very last year of it. But there are, if you want to compare this, like between the Bears, Broncos, Giants, Seahawks, Vikings, there could be a lot of jobs opening up come Monday of next week.
1: Do you think the Broncos would wait till Monday? Because they play Saturday.
0: No, I typically how that works, it's like the day after. I mean, they call it Black Monday in the NFL for a reason. It's just like you play the game, you get done with it, everybody says their goodbyes, and the following day you're like, yep, this guy's gone now. So maybe you're right. Maybe they wait till, or maybe it's on Sunday as opposed to Monday because you play on Saturday. I don't know. But anyway, um, you're right, though. If the, once that game gets done, win or loss, you're kind of waiting all of Sunday – to see if there's going to be some sort of tweet that comes through, right? Or you're watching one of the pregame shows and you're waiting for a Jake Glazer to say, breaking news out of Denver. You just kind of be on pins you and kind needles. Kind of
1: bury that news if you just announce it at like 1.30 when all the games are going on. Like, oh yeah, Broncos fired, Vic Fangio, whatever. These games are going on. Let's watch these.
0: Yeah, especially ones with playoff implications on the line. Which, by the way, something I didn't, even acknowledge yesterday we were talking about the playoff situations can you believe that philadelphia is in the playoffs like they've made it after the way their season started and how many eagles players are you comfortable naming what do i put the number at where you're like i can hit this number because look they got a couple of good ones they got Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts and Fletcher Cox. Miles and a whole Sanders, bunch the running Jason back. Kelsey. I mean, they got good players, but I don't think you confuse them at all with, like, a super talented team. So a couple of texts coming through. 30933 is the Champ Automotive text line. You're wrong, Brett. I love texts that start this way. Drew Locke scored 13 points in those last two games. It's not... His fault, the OC head coach, GM owner, offensive line, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and defense all let him down. All he needs is a chance. Manning sucked as a rookie, too. Is, that, is there a sarcastic font that I'm not reading on there? Or is that real?
1: How many exclamation points did he use?
0: He used three. Hmm. That's a sarcastic font, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so.
0: Okay, well, good joke then.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if it's not a joke. 6'2, you funny guy. I mean, 8662, can you just text me and let me know, like, was that sarcastic, fun, or was that real? Because, honestly, I've gotten so many of those 8662 that I can't tell the difference anymore. Like, there's two ways you can read this. You're wrong, Brett. Drew Locke scored 13 points in the last two games. It's not his fault. The OC, blah, 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 blah. You can read it that way. You could say, well, oh, you're wrong, Brett, because, blah, blah, blah. like, you could do it that way,
1: too. I need help. I don't know which one it is. He said Manning sucked as a rookie, too. See, and
0: that's what threw me off.
1: Yeah, Drew Locke's no rookie.
0: He's not a rookie. But again, that could be sarcastically, hey. Peyton Manning, Drew Locke, same guy. I don't know. Please tell me that's fake. Anyway, a couple of minutes left here. Um, And look, we don't even know if Locke's going to play on Sunday or Saturday. They said that they're hopeful that he can. Because remember, he had that AC injury, right? He got his shoulder banged up. He took a shot, came back in the game. Um, I just, I don't even know if it matters. I really don't. Well,
1: watchability-wise,
0: I'd rather watch Drew Locke than Brett Ripon. I would, too. That, isn't that such a weird argument that people are making? It's like, you can't watch those games and tell me Drew Locke doesn't look better than Teddy. And I'm like... It's 13 points. I, uh, so he made a couple of more downfield throws. What am I supposed to do with that? It's it's like
1: six points. He scored that touchdown in like garbage time,
0: essentially, right. too. And I'm just, I, I don't know where people's heads are at. And maybe we've been so conditioned just to accept bad offensive football that this is where we've come on this discussion. But I almost don't think I can argue anymore. Like, I, I don't think there's a point to it. I like bringing up this example. Like, Marty, it's the people that it's the day before a presidential election, and they're like, who are you voting for? And their answer is, I don't know. It's like, how do you not know by now? Like, what is going to change within 24 hours that's going to push you one direction or the other? Like, if you haven't made up your mind on this, or you think maybe he's still... We're talking about him going into year four, and he's putting up 13 points a game? There is no purpose to the discussion. And if the guy was truly good, and this is the one thing, I've never heard a good argument back to this. Marty, if Drew Locke was truly good, or if Teddy Bridgewater was truly good, do you really think in a bad offensive coordinator would hold it down? Again, if I take above-average quarterbacks in this league, I give you a Derek Carr, I give you a Stafford, I give you somebody like that. Do you really think the offense looks the same because Pat Shermer's here? And again, Shermer's a problem. We all acknowledge this. But it's not the reason why the offense or the quarterbacks aren't looking like they're clicking on all cylinders. Again, 303 504 0925. You guys went in the Quality First Service Group listener line. Uh, Ten more emoji categories to get to. We got Jared Bednar joining us in an hour from right now. You can watch the show live on Twitch. twitch Twitch.tv. Search out the 2DSR in the search bar. Get to that Kale McCarr game winner next. KKSE FM HD1. Broomfield. Denver. Boulder. The Nuggets, Avalanche, Rapids, play here. This is Altitude Sports Radio. Up with the right hand!
2: Get out of town! 92.5. No. The IRS is ramping up collection, and if you owe back taxes,